Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. Welcome, all you thrill seekers and intellectuals alike. I am your humble host, Jonathan Wiegand, your anchorman of the Federation. I'm so happy you have decided to join us today. We are reviewing the episode Charades, and that is no charade or facade. Gosh, who writes these jokes, Luna? Luna, my intern, everybody, from Strange New World Season 2, Episode 5. And this whole episode was about nursing Spock back to health in one way or the other. And I guess you could say he was nursing those heart muscles. There's just so many inappropriate pun jokes I could make. But we're going to try to keep it as classy as we can. Because, you know, this is a this is a family show here. So, real quick, I will say this is the only episode I've actually ever laughed at during. And I noticed we get that rom-com feeling back again instead of... You got mail, it's you got comms. All right, Luna, you lost your script writing privileges. These are awful, my gosh. Wow, okay. I mean, I I love this episode, the interdimensional colors coming to life, literally. And the biggest question I have is what's going to happen next week? You know, they're constantly changing. It makes me think, will we ever get a season-long arc? Ever get an arc that's more than one episode? Maybe not. I mean, we have longer arc, you know, to keep Pike in the beep-beep chair, as I like to call it. But I'm telling you, I'm just going to say right now, they're going to try in major predictions, so hold on to your hats. They're going to really try to outmaneuver, mess with the timeline, get the cannon altered or something, so Pike doesn't end up that way. So that Pike gets into his own, you know long life and the show can go on for many many years etc etc because as we all know paramount plus or pp plus is hemorrhaging money really bad and they need a winner and strange new worlds is a winner to pp plus so they're just not gonna let it walk away you know take the horse out to the glue factory it's it's okay i'm i'm from kentucky so i can make those jokes but (laughs) they're not gonna get rid of it and they're going to keep it around as long as they can, which will probably be at the expense of plot points and script writing and acting. But we'll cross that bridge when we come into it either way. Spe- oh, real quick. Speaking of PP+, I don't know if you guys have kept up with the news, but the strike is going on strong, I guess. I mean, hopefully we have the actors joining now, so hopefully we they can get some more money and rights and not kind of keep AIs out of out of the business as much as possible. We just don't know. And I'll let you guys know, maybe do another episode as developments occur. But we know one thing, if it keeps continuing, we will not get any new Star Trek for quite some time, unfortunately. But never fear, we have new Trek now. And Luna, let's get into it and play a game of charades. So throughout the decades since Star Trek first came on TV in 1966, Spock has undeniably 
emerge as one of the most cherished and adored character in the franchise's history, whether you watch Big Bang Theory or The Simpsons. Spock is usually the main guy that they comment on or always tied to Star Trek. And in this most recent episode of Strange New Worlds, this intriguing twist unfolds as Spock's Vulcan DNA is temporarily removed, rendering him completely human, ears and all. And he has this monumentous dinner to his betrothed, Pring, and her parents, which I have to say, this episode made me appreciate my mother-in-law. She's great. I love her. She's awesome. But it, it just makes me, wow, there's some people out there that have terrible mother-in-laws. As we all know, Tepring and Spock won't end up together, but this lady is just awful. My gosh. And super racist. Like, she just hates humans? Okay, we'll get into it. But So this whole, you know, transformative development really just allowed Ethan Peck the man that plays Spock, just a remarkable, just remarkable opportunity to just showcase his comedic prowess, his comedic chops, as I like to say, and and delving into just, you know, the depths of Spock's human side. Again, we've been playing this character for 50, 60 years, and this is the first time the dude's ever made me laugh, and I've seen every episode multiple times, so hats off to Ethan Peck. But as we see Peck navigate the complexities of being completely human, the character undergoes, to me, just a delightful exploration, exposing new facets of his personality and the emotional range that Spock has. And moreover, probably what everyone's going to take away from this episode, including your anchor man here, is this significant step forward by in the relationship between Nurse Chapel and Spock. And we finally get these bubbling emotions to come to the forefront and simmer and now they're here and if you've been watching the show a long time week by week or just all at once you can't deny that just the chemistry and the connection like has been coming off the screen and now it's become so central to the narrative of the show and it's add just a complexity you know to the unfolding story so every week it changes but it's kind of nice to have this complex like love arc in between now i know some people don't like it they're like it's romance and i hate romance no it's my it's my nerd voice luna get over it and i think it's great i think you can explore these characters they know they're not just one dimensional this is great and i think as viewers were treated to this compelling examination of spock's emotional journey and his intricacies as a person and just this awesome romance and it's it's been truly enjoyable to watch and it'll be a memorable addition to Star Trek canon for sure. Which, another great emotional trophy. I can't think of a better word because that's what it is. It's about Spock's mother and we'll get into that. So this episode also marks the return of Mia Kirshner whose portrayal of Spock's mother, Amanda Grayson, is just, just exudes an incredible blend of gentleness yet resilience and provides a deeper insight into profound bond between her mother and son better in my opinion better than any other person that's ever kind of played her before and that may be controversial but that's just me and definitely better than Winona Ryder nothing against Winona Ryder but it's just that her speech and, and Spock's speech when he was defending her in front of T'Pring's family I just was like go go to you bro Bend your mom, yeah. And we're going to get into it later on in the episode, so don't worry about that. 
And then I know a lot of people, however, to kind of take a left all of a sudden, were eagerly anticipating, you know, the connections between Amanda and Pelia. But again, they kind of just wrote her off and said, oh, Pelia is going off and getting some artifacts or needs, she needs some dilithium. And I'm like, okay. So again, Carol Kane's character is absent from this particular week's episode. So maybe we'll get one in episode six, hopefully so. Nevertheless, Kane's presence remains felt as her character, you know, sends his warm regards despite her absence, a reassuring reminder that the show has not overlooked the intriguing tidbits from, you know, the season premiere. However, overall, with the episode, I will have to say, with its mix of humor, its heartfelt moments, its Spock defending his mom, its poignant exploration of the characters' relationships, charades undoubtedly cements itself as a standout installment in this captivating journey that is Strange New Worlds. And I have to say, Pike in this episode really made me like him. He was funny, relatable, kind of that awkward wingman, you know, in college or high school that you sometimes had to put up with your antics definitely reminded me of that so on a personal note i was like okay pike's kind of moving up my captain chart here so but don't tell anybody that's just between us and so that's kind of been my episode review for, for the week and what i thought but let's get into some more deeper context of the show and the first one is good old l-o-v-e love what's love got to do with it well it's got everything to do with it and it's all in one simple line. And that was from Spock at the end of the episode where he goes, I want to feel this. Gosh, there's so many jokes I could do right now, but I'm not going to do it. This is a family show. <laughs> this, okay, let's get back to business. So this profound declaration to me carries immense weight, particularly when it emanates you know, from Spock himself, you know, such, I mean, I'm so used to Spock, you know, in Wrath of Khan as he's dying, keeping his composure. He's just so Vulcan. And so for now, for him to come out with such a just declaration is, is an admission is great. And it's very noteworthy and significantly, you know, escalates this whole episode, in my opinion, it really kind of caps the episode off as a high. And this emotional turmoil that Spock finds himself in, you know, a tempest, you know, he's being tempted by, by Chapel this whole time and he's struggling to restrain it. Maybe tempting is a strong word, but it's just kind of a pivotal moment just kind of shows his poignant transformation and shows that, you know, he learned something from being fully human and that he wants to feel this. So, and even though to me, he obviously remains mindful of the consequences that might ensue especially concerning his connection with Dupring and, you know, the eventual fallout that might arise from this unresolved situation with her and her family. I know they're taking a break. Nevertheless, it seems like all engines are go with Nurse Chapel and embracing the potential relationship between them two. Or at the very least, they're definitely going to try. And again, as you all know, the episode concludes with this enthusiastic kiss. The screen fades to black and the future is uncertain. Yet, at this juncture, the focus lies not on the consequences, but on the force that binds Spock and Chapel together, a magnetic pull they can no longer resist. And it's kind of been feeling that way for a very long time. And so I'm kind of glad that they finally wrapped it up poignantly in an episode and in one transformative moment, watershed moment, we can say, boom. And, you know, they're 
like I've said before, they're definitely going to overlook the repercussions and the consequences of this, of maybe even having a relationship, but they don't care. It's, again, this rom-com feel that we don't really get that much in Star Trek. When I watched the episode, it, it reminded me of one other big watershed moment that we've kind of been waiting years for, and that was between Odo and Kira Norris in DS9. It's exactly what it reminded me. When they finally kissed on the promenade, I was like, I think it's season six. Is that right, Luna of DS9? I was like, oh, this is exactly what I've, what it's like. You kind of like the will they, won't they, back and forth, kind of, you know, the nonsense with that. But secretly, we all enjoy it. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that it finally happened and we can kind of move on and see what, see what will transpire from all of this. And well, I have to say, first off, this is, they definitely crafted and wrote an amazing episode. And the two authors, Catherine Lynn and Henry Anso Myers, with Jordan Canning skillfully directing, this episode unexpectedly just shot out for us. And so hats off to those three people. Awesome. And, I mean, on the other, again, we're taking another left here. Strange New Worlds does have a penchant for swiftly resolving ongoing storylines and refusing to draw them out across numerous episodes. I mean, we've had this Chapel Spock thing, but it's kind of been on literally... If there's a back burner on your stove, think, okay, there's one behind that. <laughs> so this is where it's been at. And another great example is, you know, Mbengwa's daughter and the enigma, you know, of Una's augmentation. We've had these things on the back burner, and then we'll just get one episode that resolves it and it's done. And so maybe that's just because that's how they want to keep Strange New Worlds and the flow of the episodes going. I don't know. But I think that's definitely looking at precedent. That's what they're doing. And like I mentioned before, it, this tale doesn't reach its conclusion entirely. We still have some more left to do and what's going to happen. And perhaps this is because thanks to our knowledge from the original series, we already know you know some details about the Tapring chapel spock dynamic. And, uh, and additionally, I have to say the narrative treats Tapring with fairness you know, and respect establishing her as a compelling character who would potentially be an ideal match for Spock. And she has absolutely every right to be upset at Spock for not trusting her and telling her. And I feel like he, Spock almost put her on a pedestal that he was almost afraid to interact and show his human side to her at all times. And this really back, like bit him badly. So I kind of completely understand and the decision to be like we need to separate you don't even trust me with anything of importance but you trust these other people so definitely is logical to me should i say but alas spock's heart lies somewhere else and we might get a love triangle in the future it's hard to tell maybe we'll see hopefully not you know hopefully it's resolved and we'll just get a little chapel spock things from time to time so moving on, we have some, like to label this the complicated aspect of the story. So naturally, the fact that these characters share a history that unfolded in the original series, you know, introduces its own set of complications and complexities, just like Spock. You know, not Spock, but yes, but just like Pike. Is it inevitable? Is he destined for a tra tragic accident as depicted in Amok Time? I don't know, but we'll have to see. Really, I think we're just going to have to be shills for the corporations, and we're just going to have to go where they take us, unfortunately. But we are aware of the apparent fate that 
Chapel and Spock won't end up together, as we know. But again, are they willing to play with canon to satisfy us now? Again, that's dangerous coming into prequels like this and having the effect on canon, which I do not like. Canon's canon, hence the name canon. You don't change it. And is Spock destined not to marry to break? We, we just don't know. I'm curious where this show is going to eventually lead and end, but the theme of preordained destinies seems to kind of reverberate across the whole series. I mean, questioning everybody, because we know how everyone's supposed to end up, but I feel like they're toying with us in a weird, <laughs> terrible way almost. It almost simultaneously branches out, you know, includes new elements, such, you know, as Spock's previously unmentioned sister. We had no idea. It The show just remains to be seen, you know, if it'll be strict to the established canon or perhaps find new ways to circumnavigate it. And I know the characters seem really familiar, as they always do. And, you know, it's okay to have reimagined interpretations and some flexibility in their narratives. In fact, on the other side of the coin, I think it's unjust to be rigidly confined to the events of the original series, especially considering the, you know, chemistry between Ethan Peck and Jesh Bush, who do amazing with Chapel and Spock. I don't know. To me, I think it's, you should have some, it's kind of a balancing act. There should be some, there should be some flexibility, but also not 100% rigid, but also some adherence to the original canon, because if that's, I feel like they almost want to get rid of the original series in a way. Because they're like, oh, we're tired of this. Like, I mean, look at everything that we've come out on Paramount Plus. We have Discovery, you know, Strange New Worlds. It's all around the original series, and that's why Discovery had to go freaking, you know, thousand years in the future because they. I feel like they were kind of coming up to a wall and they didn't know what to do. So they're like, oh, future. <laughs> and now it's like we're gonna eventually come into the, to the events and you know, in a, a mock time, like I mentioned earlier. And we're, are we going to get anything different? Alternate timeline, bah! And we're going to be like, this is Universe 11AC. And we're like, okay, this is getting Marvel nonsense here. Don't get me wrong, I like the Marvel movies. I'm just, I don't want this to be an alternate timeline, alternate universe nonsense. Just keep it what it is and keep it simple. If you guys watch things other than Star Trek and sci-fi, I always respect Vince Gilligan from Breaking Bad. It's a show, older show on AMC. I'm sure everybody's familiar with it. But he only did the five seasons. And even though AMC wanted, gave him so much money to extend it out, maybe to seven or eight seasons, he, Vince Gilligan was adamant on keeping it only in five seasons because he said the story can only be told in five seasons and needs to be told in five seasons. It can't be any more. It can't be any less. This is what it is. And that was the tr- projection you know, from the get-go. Or you can even, if you're not into, you know, crime lord dramas with Ted Lasso on Apple TV, it's the same thing. It was going to be a three-season arc. That was that was the plan from the get-go, and now three seasons have concluded. They've maybe theoretically ended the show. So I don't like this idea that with Strange New Worlds or even Discovery, even though Discovery's ending at season five, there's really no plan. I feel like we're just J.J. Abrams and the Star Trek... I'm sorry, the, the Star Wars sequel trilogy we just have we have no plan and that's dangerous to me because even though you know Picard it was awesome that was a one-hit wonder baby that's our ice-ice baby of the 1990s you know it was great it was awesome but we still got to keep giving good track and even though I love Strange New Worlds now it makes me hesitant 
to see them paint themselves into a corner. And as we all know, Chapel and Spock don't end up together. But it, they might. Maybe, maybe Pike doesn't end up in the beep beep chair. I don't know, but that is my thoughts on it. I can stop ranting about it. I think if they do, I would riot. I'd be very pissed. That's all I'll say. Let me know what you think. Reach out on social media, and I'd love to hear from you guys. And another segment of the show we're going on to is, is the uh, the meta-ness of Spock's ears. So the, the plot and plight of Spock is, you know, undeniably heart-trending as he just, you know, endures this overwhelming, quote-unquote, scent of humans in silence for an extended period of time. And it's, like, notably, delightfully meta to have Peck donning those molded Vulcan ears you know, probably the same ones he wears as Spock, to be real. And it just kind of adds another layer of authenticity to his portrayal. I will say, though, that his inclusion of scenes where he receives acting guidance, you know, on how to embody Vulcan behavior, also kind of adds like a charming touch of self-awareness to the production of, of the show and of his acting. And it's almost like a behind-the-scenes effort to master the intri- intricacies of Vulcan demeanor. And kind of to me, just it, it just enhanced the viewing and, and just made it more fun, the lack of a better word, and just offered a glimpse into the artistry of the actors and the production team. And this attention to detail just really reinforced to me the, the immersive quality of the show and further strengthened the connection between the performers and their iconic roles, again, especially with Ethan Peck. But we can't end the show without talking about some great mom love, some great mother lovers. And I think Kirshner delivers an exceptional performance as Amanda, you know, allowing us to gain an understanding of the challenges she faces being married to a Vulcan, living on Vulcan, and kind of seeing her unwavering love for Sarek. And portrayal to me is, is just very enjoyable, infusing the character with an abundance of just this charisma or riz as the young people say now (laughs) but to me I felt like this was just a heartwarming tribute to mothers to be honest it just explored the integral dynamics of maternal love and the sacrifices made for their their children and the well-being of their loved ones and it just really gracefully and what might I add unveiled the depths that Amanda has for for Spock and just the trials and tribulations she's went through. So I thought, I really enjoyed it. I thought, I thought that was great. And it just kind of gave this like energy that it's really hard to give to Spock's mother, you know? Like, I know that's a very difficult role to play. Do you play like more muted? Because, okay, this human's been living on Vulcan. Their emotions are going to be muted. But I really like that she wasn't, you know? That Pat Nick's portrayal was just a delightful layer of charm. And a delightful cherry on top of amazing episode of Charades. Anyway, that has been a review of Charades. Thank you all so much for listening. And Luna, let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And as always, please reach out to us. On our, all of our social medias, we're on the Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I love hearing from you guys. It's always been a lot of fun interacting with all of you. And, and 
If you're not a big fan of Strange New Worlds, and if you aren't, I'd be surprised if you're listening to this 25 or 26 minutes in. But we have a special guest and a special episode coming out in a few days and kind of resurrecting our Trek roundtable. So we're going to be mixing some of the worst Trek episodes with some drinking, some good old-fashioned drinking. It'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. It was great to record and had an absolute blast with this special guest, but you'll be seeing that in a few days come out, so be on the lookout for that. And as always, everybody, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of your mental health. And I have to put this out there that I hope the USA women can win. Or is it the fifth World Cup, Luna? Is that right? We're, I think the World Cup just got started a few days ago. So hopefully we can, we can bring home number five. And I don't offend any of my international listeners who are probably big fans of their home countries as well. But it's good that we have soccer back. And I hope, our, I hope our ladies can bring it home. Anyway, everybody, take care of yourselves out there. And second start of the right. Straight on till morning.